listening to the Loving BDSM Podcast, episode 255. Kayla Lortz here with the one, the only, the guy who somehow thinks after 255 episodes, I should have this intro memorized, and he is wrong. John Brownstone? Well, you should. <laughs> well, I don't. <laughs> I, I think we need to work on that. Look, the filing cabinets in my brain are full, and every time <laughs> I take in new information, I have to forget a childhood memory, which is not necessarily a bad thing. Anyway. <laughs> Carry on. Thank you. Today, we're talking about advocating for yourself in your power exchange and what the hell that even means. Welcome to the Loving BDSM podcast. If this is your first time listening, glad to have you. If you're back for another week, welcome back. Loving BDSM is produced every Friday for your kinky pleasure and education, and show notes are found at lovingbdsm.net. Come back often and feel free to add the podcast to your favorite podcast app. If you love what you hear, we'd love a good review wherever you listen to us to help other kinksters find us. And if your app does not allow you to rate or review to the podcast, feel free to share your favorite episodes with your fellow kinky friends. That helps too. We like that. You can follow the show on Twitter at Loving BDSM, on FetLife at Loving BDSM PC, on Instagram at that handle I will forever fucking hate, <laughs> Loving DS and the number one, Loving DS1, or on YouTube at youtube.com slash Loving BDSM, where you can watch us live stream the podcast every Wednesday. All links are in the show notes. As always, a big shout out, a big thank you, a big, oh God, where would we be without you? to our kinky patrons on Patreon. Uh, if you join us on Patreon, you get stuff like access to a Discord server, you get a special live Q&A, you get a special monthly podcast, you get stuff because you're special. See, I, I don't know about anybody else. I like stuff. I like stuff. I like stuff. So if that sounds good to you and you got a little cash and you're like, yes, I would like these weird kinky people to keep doing this weird kinky <laughs> thing that they do on the interwebs, uh, feel free to join us. Uh, you can find us at patreon.com slash Kayla Lords. That's patreon.com slash Kayla Lords or use the link in the show notes. Okay. So before we get into the topic, I have announcements because of course I have announcements. The first one being a big massive OMG. Thank you to the Butters Hygienics Company for sponsoring the episode again this week. Yep. Thank you, Jerome. Thank you, The Butters. Thank you to our favorite lube. <laughs> um, so a couple things, like things are rocking and rolling for Jerome over at Get The Butters. We've been talking yeah. about them. Uh, the coupon code that I've had for years that y'all could use at getthebutters.com, Kayla, is now worth 15%. Uh, international shipping is now available. So if you are not here in the U.S., you can get the lube or the body stuff or the skin stuff or the hair stuff or the whatever stuff directly from the site. Also, this is not confirmed yet, but I did want to report okay. that Jerome, maker of our favorite lube and owner of the Butters Hygienics Company, has reported that if you take either the lube or the body butters, which are a oil-based product, and so make your, before it sinks into the skin, make your skin mm -hmm. very slick and shiny <laughs> and put that on the surface with which you would like to spank and then take a wood paddle or any paddle, but something that is okay with an oil-based product yeah. and smack that ass. My term, not anybody else's. It apparently, literally hits different. I, and I, I think, need us to try this. I, I think we will have to do a, a purely scientific yes. experiment. Yes, yes. As far as we know, our paddles with the finish you put on them mm -hmm. should be okay with using an oil-based product as long Correct. as you don't let the oil sit for like 100 years and never clean it off. Right. Like put the oil-based, get the butters lube on the booty, smack mm -hmm. the booty, wipe off the paddle. 
the paddles are available at the Kinkery, but this is not episode is not sponsored by the Kinkery, except that John Brownstone owns the Kinkery, and so therefore every episode yeah. is sponsored by the Kinkery. But we are totally going to try this. So if you're like, but I don't know if I need lube. I don't need any more moisturizer. I haven't. Blah. This could be a thing. We cannot report back as to how we feel about it because we have not tried it yet. But if you were looking for an excuse to shop at Get the Butters this week's sponsor, hi, Jerome. Uh, use code Kayla, save 15%. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, hit the booty. Hit a greased up booty. Let us find out what this is about is what I'm saying. All right. That's all I'm saying. Okay. So that's our first, that's our biggest announcement. Mm-hmm. Thanks to our sponsor, getthebutters.com, code Kayla. Uh, the next uh, announcement is that um, Kinky Book Club video comes out on Friday, February 26th. Right. And we set it for premiere because I'm all up in the live chat during a premiere to talk about it. Um, I believe it'll be around 2.30-ish in the afternoon Eastern time is when that's going to go out. But I got to like actually get it up and scheduled and actually have to edit the video, y'all. <laughs> we're a week behind. We were supposed to have done that last week. <laughs> yeah. So this will be fun. So that's coming up. So if you read this month's book, Push the Button by Feminista Jones and want to chat about it or hear our thoughts, that video is coming up. That's part of Kinky Book Club. Um, if you have not read the book, we do have a we will have a spoiler free section of the video so you can hear what it's about and decide. So that let me double check my notes is all of the announcements. Right. Yay! Okay. So this week's topic, as I said at the top, is about advocating for yourself. And that word came to mind in a conversation we had ages ago mm-hmm. and it stuck with me and I wrote it down. I was like, we're going to talk about this, but I was like, but what does that even mean? Like, I know what I think I mean when I talk about I'm advocating for myself. Mm-hmm. And typically that means I'm, I tend to say that I'm defending myself, but it's not that I'm defending myself. It's that I'm standing up for myself. That's what I mean when yeah. I say advocate. I am really shitty at that outside of power exchange. I'm really good at it in power exchange. It's, it's strange. Mm, yeah. But it was like, okay, but that's not helpful to go advocate for yourself. What does that mean? So we're going to talk about it. Um, I tried to break this down into sections. You know us. It'll be a rambly, <laughs> jumbled, wibbly-wobbly ball of timey-wimey mess. Um, but what's, we're going to talk about what it means to advocate for yourself and why okay. it's important in power exchange. And then the thing I was like, but, but what does that look like? A lot of people talk about self-advocacy in a lot of vanilla ways. Healthcare, the mm-hmm. justice system, the legal system, um, at work, uh, for your mental health, for your physical. Like there's lots of ways people have talked about advocating for yourself. And from a very, very brief surface level Google search, I could not necessarily find anybody talking about it in terms of kink. So what I did was I found a list of sort of this is how you advocate for yourself. And they gave a list of like what you should do or how you should think or whatever. And I wanted to talk about those steps in terms, through a kink lens, in terms of power exchange. What I would ask of anybody listening is if you are a person that in your professional life, you deal with, think about and know about advocacy, self-advocacy. And after we've gone through these steps, if there are things that, that were not mentioned that you think that are good for advocating for yourself, comment on the show notes page, talk to us on the social media, uh, email us if that's just easier, because I'm fully gonna admit, not an expert. I just know that that word feels very important to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that most of us think about it in terms of submissives because submissives have right. 
the higher chance of being taken advantage of or abused within a power exchange because of the sheer fact they're giving up control. Because we know that there are submissives who do not stick up for themselves and say, no, I don't mm -hmm. want to do that. Or no, I don't feel okay about that. And so I know as we're talking about advocacy and when I've thought about advocacy in this way in the past, it's always been through the submissive lens. But I think it's important for any side of the slash in any kink context, if you do not know how to speak up for yourself, mm -hmm. um, to get the things you need, want, deserve, ought to have within this context, then I don't think you have the, you're not on the right path to have a, a long-term healthy relationship within kink and or with that person. So that's why yeah. I think it's important. What What are the thoughts that are coming to your mind when I'm like, advocacy, let's talk about it. Um, ooh, so many thoughts. Where to start? Um, you know, yeah, I, I think it's, um, it, it comes into a, um, you know, a submissive mindset mm -hmm. first and foremost, mm -hmm. because unfortunately there's a lot of doms out there who feel that, you know, as a submissive, submissive just, you know, no, you do what I tell you. And, and that's, that's almost all there like is submissives are a blank slate. Like whoever, yeah. Whoever I need you to be as the dominant, I'm going to project mm -hmm. that onto you. And what you want is irrelevant. Clearly right. not, not all right. dominants are like this, but that is a predatory. Yeah. And, and I mean, I, I even that fell, happens. I even fell into that many, many years ago. I mean, when I, I touched on a few times, um, about how, when I first discovered the lifestyle, I dipped my toes in the submissive arena mm -hmm. and, uh, had something happen that I finally was like, uh, no, this is not how it's going to be. Right. <laughs> no, and no, I'm no, that's not what I want. And that's what we're going to do. Yeah. Um, I think that I see this, I'm fully admit, not an expert on this conversation, but I see mm -hmm. people talking about this. So this is where this comes from. Um, that it's clearly not just a submissive thing that there are submissives who approach a Dom and it, is common that from what I've noticed okay. with cis male subs and cis women doms, fem doms, male subs, boy subs, um, who the sub approaches them and basically projects who what they want onto this dominant, mm, never yes, once, yes. and they're really great at advocating for themselves and never once stop to go, but wait, what do you want? dominant who I, whose yes. DMs I have now slid into. Mm -hmm. Does that happen to everybody of all genders and all pairings? Of course. But yeah. the conversations I see online is that that's very common on that side right. too. The, They're great I, at advocating I, for themselves. I expect you to do yep. this and, and I want this right. and yeah. So I think as with all things, one, there's a lot of nuance and there's no, it's, there's not a binary here. There's not, this is how you advocate for yourself and this is who should advocate for themselves and this is how you don't and here's who shouldn't. Everybody should be advocating for themselves. I think from what the things that I was reading through for us to go through, what does it look like to advocate for yourself? I think that the balance in any relationship and these skills are transferable to every part of life, but we're talking about power exchange. The balance is that advocating for yourself, absolutely, while also remembering that the other person ought to be, please do be, should be advocating mm -hmm. for themselves. And sometimes those things are incompatible, that you need what you need and they need what they need, and you can't do that together. And so you have to figure out 
how you're going to handle that. Is yeah. that a place for compromise? Sometimes. Is that a place for, oh, we probably should not partner up on this thing because we cannot find the middle ground where we can both be happy, satisfied, content, yeah. whatever it is we need, safe. Like there's all kinds of reasons why. I think that's something important to get into why advocating for yourself and your needs as a kingster is so important. I think there's, um, what what are your limits? What are you willing to do? What are you right. not willing to do? I also think in terms of personal safety, I think in turn, I think it's also about satisfaction with the relationship and the kinky life that you wanna have. Mm -hmm. um, can you think of any other reasons that haven't come to mind just yet? No, I, I think you you've, you've covered them sure. some of the main reasons, um, especially when it comes to safety. Especially you know, when it comes. Especially to when it comes oh to safety in in the things that we do. You know whether whether it's 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 rack or you know safe, sane, consensual. You know first and foremost, you have to remember everything we do in this lifestyle has some form of risk to it. Everything. And, and you know, being an advocate of your own safety. That's super important. Is, is so important. It, it's so paramount to, to the lifestyle. And there's physical safety and there's mental uh, and emotional well-being and safety. Right. You know, yes, I can physically do that task. I can mm -hmm. physically do that kink, but I know it will mess me the fuck up in my head. We're not doing that. I'm going to, I'm going to stick up for myself if nobody else will. It's kind of how I think of advocating for oneself. Yeah. I am sure the professionals out there who swim in this arena all the time would put it way better than me. That is okay. Yeah. So let's get into <clears throat> what advocating for yourself can look like. So like I said at the top, I didn't come up with a quick, easy resource. I'm sure mm -hmm. it's out there for the kinksters of the world, but I didn't see it. So I found what feels like a credible resource of steps to being an effective self-advocate. I do not think this is all of it. I do not think that this is in any particular order. Mm -hmm. um, and I think there's probably other things. So let me say again to those of you who think about people advocating for themselves in some professional kind of way. If you know of other things, when we get through this list, please share. We would all like to learn together. So when we go through these, I think they're in kind of no particular order. And we're gonna talk about them through a power exchange lens. Mm -hmm. Dom, sub, switch, getting your kink on, okay. So the go. first on this list is to believe in yourself. And the way they describe it is to, to um, see yourself as a unique and valuable person that you are yeah. worth the effort to advocate for yourself mm -hmm. in terms of, you know, if your self-esteem is low, maybe finding a way to work right. on that, to raise it up, to see yourself as worthy of the effort to speak up for yourself, to advocate yeah. for yourself. And and I think, um, you know, looking at it from a, a, a DS aspect, um, especially as a big D, um, I, I think a lot of the responsibility for that falls on the D if someone is struggling with self-esteem to help them with that. Mm -hmm. Or if you don't think, I would say, if you don't think your submissive is advocating for themselves because they don't believe in themselves, you used to be really good at this, not that you're not, it's just it's less needed now, of putting me in the position to have to say what I wanted, yes, what I needed. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't allowed to just always every single time. And now though, I regret it. Stop. <laughs> I wasn't allowed no, to joking. say all the time 
whatever you want. Whatever you want can be a really sexy, kinky, I'm giving up all power in this one single solitary moment kind mm -hmm. of thing. That can be hot, okay? Right. Uh, my belief is it should not be your default because as a human being, no matter what side of the slash you are on, there are things you want. If you don't know what they are, that's different than just thinking that you only want what the other person wants. That's, mm -hmm. And if all your, if the answer you always have is whatever you want, I mean, the challenge I would say to that person is, okay, can we figure out what it is you want? Like spend some time, like, like investigating what's out there, what, what appeals to you. Because I, what I have found in my personal experience is that it's not that I don't know what I want, it's that I don't know how to say what I want, which is mm -hmm. huge. That's a whole other skill all by itself. Right. Read the book Tongue Tied by Stella Harris. That will be a way to get you started. Um, but yeah, if you don't think you're worth the effort or that you are allowed, and this is where we see it in DS a lot, submissives mm -hmm. are like, but I'm the submissive, I give up control, so I'm not allowed to say what I want. That's topping from the bottom. No, no. the fuck it isn't. No. No, it isn't. It is called taking care of yourself and getting your own needs met because the thing about power exchange is it's not just about the dom or the top, but everybody involved deserves to get their needs met on some level. Right. Sometimes it will be more for one side of the slash than the other. Sometimes it'll be nice and even. Mm -hmm. That's just the ebb and flow of life, but we all deserve to have our needs met. And the first step to getting that to happen is to believe that you're allowed to fucking have that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think I think that's simple. Yeah. So I think that actually falls into and this is where the the using a, a vanilla list is slightly imperfect because the next one I think falls into what we just said, which is in this list, know your rights. So in terms of power exchange, everybody has the right to say what they need to say. Everyone has the right to withdraw consent, even mm -hmm. after you said yes, even after you were like, let me think about it. Even after you're like, well, we could try it. You get to go. No, I've changed my mind. Like that's that's a thing you get to do yeah. no matter what side of the slash you are on. And you need to know that and you need to believe that. And if there's anybody in your life telling you that that's not how BDSM works, fuck them and the horse they rode in on. Am I gonna rant for all of these? Maybe. You sure about that? Maybe. Don't. Maybe. Uh, yeah. I might, I might rant for all of these. Yeah. What yeah, do you yeah. think about that? I think it's important to know your rights. And if anyone tells you you know, especially as, as a submissive that you don't have rights, run. Oh, yeah. Don't, you know, turn and run as fast as you can. Because here's the thing. Even if it is a, a, a consensual non-consent, you still have the ability to, to safe word. There has to be a mechanism right. for you to go, there, mm, time there, out. There no, has to be that. a way to, to step out. If, if you are in a... Uh, a master-slave relationship where things are micromanaged and, and there are those who want that, you know, and, and power to you, you have still have had to negotiate that. It's called negotiating for a reason because it's not just everything that one person wants. It is a, a um, help me out, I need a word. Um, <laughs> I'm out of words. You know, it, it is a, it's a, partnership. It, it, it's a partnership. It's a meeting. Um, you're, you're meeting in the middle. Basically. Okay? You know, it, it's not a matter of, of one person getting all 
that they want while the other person gets nothing. Which is where we go back to that sort of common stereotype of male subs coming at female doms going, this is who I need you to be for me. And never once asking, but what did you want? Like Mm -hmm. it's, it can't be on either side of the slash always weighted towards one side or the other. We all deserve to get our needs met. Yes. Mm -hmm. But it's never give up everything about yourself, give up everything you are entitled to as a human and as whatever kind of yeah. kingster you are in order for that person to get their needs met and then never get what, what you need. And if you don't know that and internalize that and believe that, yeah. you can easily find yourself in positions where you're just used and tossed aside yeah. when they're done with you. I Compromise. That's compromise. The word. That's yeah. the word I was looking for, okay? Because, you know, nobody's going to get everything they want one way or the other on, on either side, but there is always a compromise, mm-hmm. okay? And compromise does not always look like exactly 50-50. You gave up exactly this thing, I gave up exactly that thing here. Mm-hmm. It, compromise is gonna is really nuanced. So sometimes for us, compromise is this time you get exactly what you want and I just go, okay. And the next time I might get exactly what I want and you go, mm, okay. That ends up being okay. And I know in our situation, because we have the longevity and we have the trust and we know that we can give like that because we will then receive like that Mm -hmm. at some point in the future. And if we don't, we both know we're safe to speak up and go, I've been doing a lot more giving than receiving lately. Can we work on this? Right. And it will, we'll work through it. Um, So some of those things, when we talk about compromise, which we've done an entire episode on, thank you very much. Uh, aren't as cut and dry and binary as we tend to think of them. There's there's a lot that goes into it and it is contextual. It depends on what kind of relationship and how long you've been mm-hmm. and, and all of that. Mm-hmm. Okay, so number three in this list of advocating for yourself is to decide what you want. Like the way they put it is clarify for yourself exactly what you need. This will help you set your own goals and help you be clear mm-hmm. to others. Well, we're talking about this in kink terms. Uh, are you submissive? Do you have an idea? And all it is is an idea until it actually Mm -hmm. comes into reality and existence. An idea of what you want as a submissive, what you want in a power exchange relationship. Are you a switch? Are you a dominant? Like, who are you? And what do you think you want this to look like? Knowing that what you think it will be and what it will actually be usually a little different from Mm -hmm. one another. Mm And... And what goes hand in hand with this, it's important to know what you want, but it's also important to know what you don't want. Right. I agree. All right. Um, I know for me, you know, there, we uh, do some humiliation play, but there are certain aspects of humiliation play that I, that for me is a big no. And there are I some for me that is a big no. I, I, I will not cross that particular line. If somebody came to me and said, I want you, you know, to to tell me I'm worthless, to tell me I'm stupid, that ain't going to happen with me. Mm-mm. That that I, I do not go there. And that's a good thing to remember for my, my subby friends out there. Dominants have their own damn hard limits. There are things they won't do. And right. they get to go, no, I'm not doing that. You are not, they are not just this um, dispenser 
of kinky fuckery where you put in a quarter and out pops the fuckery <laughs> you want, okay? Oh, man. Just like submissives are not just empty vessels to receive all of the fuckery that yeah. the dominant wants. Like, that's not how this works. It is a give and take. Mm-hmm. And if you've got, if you're in a position to advocate for yourself, whether you are um, negotiating a placing or you're negotiating a potential power exchange relationship, knowing what you want and don't want helps you ex- advocate for yourself better. You can then say, this is what I want. This is what I don't want. And then once you've done that, once you both have laid that out, then you d- can dive into, but what does that mean? What does that look like? Because as we've learned in the lovely book, Tongue Tied by Stella mm-hmm. Harris, we, uh, there is no assumption of what the baseline of quote normal is. And so terms that you use might mean something different to the person you're telling them to. Right. So you say what it is you want because you need to know what it is you want or don't want. And then you get into the weeds and the details of <laughs> what the fuck does that actually mean and look like to you. Yeah. Um, but if you don't even know that high level part, you cannot effectively, because then you're back to, I want whatever you want. No, that's no good to anybody. And quite frankly, if you are negotiating a power exchange and one side of the slash is only saying that and you are on the receiving end and that's what you're hearing, that's like a time for a timeout of no, 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 no. There's no conversation to be had here until you can come back and tell me what it is you want. Sometimes we have to help each other advocate for themselves. And that to me has been a really powerful thing in our relationship, certainly in the beginning. Or because I would try that cop out. Whatever you want, you're like, no, that's not how this works. That's not how right. any of this works. Yeah. Uh-huh. Go learn. Come back and let's talk about yeah. it. And you put me in the position to go do that so that I could. To me, it it it's not just about the negotiation. It's a, about a fuller, safer level of consent, too. Mm-hmm. If I'm going, whatever you want, whatever you want, I'll say yes to whatever you want. How? What am I consenting to? I don't even know. And how are you safely going to give me that? Because you know that that's not accurate. So you're going to sort of wade into a a minefield? Is the term minefield? Landmine? Yeah. You know what I mean. Fields where there are bombs waiting for you to step on them. Landmines, yes. You're going to wade in there and you don't know. I mean, you already don't know when when you're new to each other Mm -hmm. where those landmines are because things trigger people. And we don't always, can't always know that they're going to trigger us but why would you go in completely blind into the field of landmines with a blindfold on like what the fuck (laughs) so knowing what you want and don't want is absolutely crucial to advocating for yourself as a kingster now this one's interesting number four I like this one. I saw that one and I was like, yes. Get the facts. Oh, absolutely. So what are your thoughts? Oh, my thoughts are you know, you, you cannot do this correctly Unless you educate yourself, you know, things like, you know, she mentioned before, tongue tied. If you if you want to be better at communicating, read up on communicating, you know, take workshops on communicating. Um, You want to know about a particular kink. You know, look for workshops, look for educational websites, you know, podcasts, video, any any of it. You know, you I, I, I hate to use the term, but. You know, it, on on either side of the slash, if, if someone's gonna try and gaslight you, you need to be educated. <laughs> you you need to 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 know 
what is real and what's not. And you might still, depending on your personality, because I know how my personality is, you might still have that, when you have that person who's trying to gaslight you and you know you've got the facts, you mm-hmm. might still have that moment of, wait, am I, have, do, am I wrong? Am I right? Because that's, that's why gaslighting is so fucking effective. It makes us question ourselves. Right. But the more you know and the more confident you feel in what you know, the mm-hmm. harder it is for somebody to do it. I mean, they won't try, but it is a lot easier for to, for you to call somebody on their bullshit and be like, that's bullshit. Yeah. We're not playing that game. Mm-hmm. And toss them out and move on to the next one. It doesn't have to be that deep. I, like I'm thinking of the absolutely brand new kinksters who are finding kink as they're finding a partner or they're finding kink with a long-term partner. The it, it you don't have to be a BDSM scholar no. or you can negotiate your first relationship. You can also be completely clueless. It happens all the time. But if you can hear the sound of our voice right now, what we're saying is if you know that you're clueless, stop now, go find resources. Hey, we might be one of your resources. Great. We should only be one of many Mm -hmm. because there are so many different ways to do this. There are so many different ways to engage in kink that learning from one person or one set of people will invariably let you down because we will not do something or think of something the way you would that is a better fit for you. So the more perspectives you can learn from, the better off you'll be. 101 fact, there is no one true way. Oh God. all of them who act like there is. Okay, so yes, educate yourself, learn as much as you can. Mm-hmm. If you're exploring kink with an established partner already, that can be part of the fun. You're you're learning together, yeah. so then you might make mistakes together and you can laugh things off together and you can explore and one person will be like, ooh, I found this podcast episode. Here, I think you should listen to it. Or ooh, I watched this YouTube video. And is this a, a blatant self-promotion? Maybe. Um, whatever <laughs> you found that intrigues you that you know relates back to what you're trying to do together, then you share with each other. Mm-hmm. And it's we're back to that journey thing. It's this yeah. journey you're on together. Okay, so number five is interesting. Uh-huh. In this how to advocate for yourself vanilla list, they talk about a have a planning strategy. So use the information you gathered, plan a strategy that you feel will work to get what you need and want for yourself. Hmm. I see this as a little bit of time spent with yourself prior to sitting down to negotiate. Self-reflection. Self-reflection. Yeah. I've got this information. I know what I want and don't want. I kind of know what it means. Mm -hmm. I'm still learning, but I kind of know what it means. I know that I can have this and it's okay that I want to have this. Okay, now I'm about to talk to somebody. How? What What am I going to say? How okay. am I going to present this? Like, I, that's how I sort of take the whole planning strategy. Okay, and, and I see it in, in a slightly different uh, way. Okay. Um, my initial thought upon seeing that was, okay, you've... You've gone out and you gathered information on what, what kind of uh, DS relationship you want with protocols or, or you know, if, if you're a masochist, um, you know, what type of, of impact play you like or, or different things. And it's like setting up a scene. Mm, okay. Okay. Because you go out, you gather your information, you, you, you at this point know what you like and what you want what you don't want and and now you're starting to to plan an action of how to get what you want Mm, okay 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 so you're you're starting to bring this together 
um, in, in, for example, planning a flogging scene. Mm -hmm. What kind of flogging scene you want to do, what you want to receive, what you want to give. You know, it, it's, it's coming together towards a, a... Would you also say that in that in that planning strategy session, you're thinking about what kind of flogger, what kind of tools, what kind of setting? Like, yeah. are you down in the... Would mm -hmm. you say you're down in the sort of the details of that as well right. as part of a planning strategy? Right. I, yeah, and, okay. And I mean, mm -hmm. then then you take the same type of thing and, and you transform it over to a, a, a DS-type protocol. Mm -hmm. You know, do you want... Um, uh, domestic discipline do you want a master slave do you want a daddy baby girl you know and and you've looked into these and, and you have an idea of what you want and and your planning strategy is to move how do you how are you going to move forward to achieve these gotcha okay okay oh and thank you little oh, plant eater you. for the super chat thank you so much that was a little commercial break to mm -hmm. say that. Okay, mm -hmm. so this next one is interesting. Number, I have nothing to add to what you just said, so I'm not even going to okay. try. That was great. And the next one is and advocating for yourself. Yeah. Gather support. And advocating yeah. for what you need and want for yourself is helpful to have support from, this. remember this is a vanilla resource, y'all. Yeah. Support from family members, friends, and other people who have similar issues. So in kink, what would you say gathering support um, is? You're going to look for your community. You are going to look for your community in munches, um, in places like FetLife, The Cage, you know, you're, you're going to look for groups. You're going to find workshops, mm -hmm. okay? You know, this, 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 this gather support, this number six, this is why it is so important to have that community, whether it's an online group, because one of the biggest things, and, and I know this all too well from, from my own experience, is in kink, it is too easy to feel alone. Like you are the odd yes. person out. Um, you know, this 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 stuff I like is is weird, and you know, nobody else likes this, and and I am alone. And especially in a couple of ways. One, if you are bringing this idea of kink to an existing partner who has never openly expressed an interest in kink, mm -hmm. there's a lot of that, oh my God, what are they gonna think of me when I tell them I want this kink thing? Yeah. And so if you have the online support, some support of some sort online or in person, either to back you up when you're like, I'm not the only one, there are other people, yeah. or to point to when, if a partner's like, what, what is this freaky thing you're talking about? You're like, no, 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 no. there's all kinds of people. Come, come yep. learn with me, there's a I, place to go. I know for myself, when I discovered there was a kink community, and other people out there that like giving spankings, that like receiving spankings, mm -hmm. that, you know, had had DS protocols and, and different things, it was like a weight was lifted from mm -hmm. my shoulder. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. That whole idea of not feeling alone is yeah. so powerful. The other time that having this community and this support that you know is out there, even if they can't physically be with you, right? is when you're in that position and you've got somebody that you're trying to negotiate with, maybe you've mm -hmm. been in a relationship and now you're ready, you, you knew things weren't quite right, but and now you're ready to advocate for yourself and they're trying to gaslight you and they're telling you you're wrong and they're telling you you'll never find anybody, blah, blah. All that bullshit that people throw out, especially when they're facing the fact that somebody's calling them on their bullshit. Um, hopefully <coughs> having that support, knowing that others are out there already who feel the way you do, who are into mm -hmm. what you're into, or who just are into kink in a non-judgmental way. Hi, welcome, we're those people. Uh, <laughs> and we know many people like that. And 
then it's, I would imagine it's a little bit, easy is not the right word, but less hard to say, I'm calling you on your fucking bullshit. I know I'm not alone. I know there are other people mm -hmm. who want what I want or who get it or who wouldn't judge me for this and you're the fucking asshole and no, I'm not doing this anymore. And so I think there's, there's multiple ways having that kind of support and that kind of community can be helpful, but those are the two that come to mind for me. Hmm. Um, the next one, I think this is like super on the nose for what we're talking about with Power Exchange, which is target your efforts. So in the vanilla space, they're like, okay, who is the person or people or organization that you need to deal with to get action on this matter? So in a kink perspective, who's the other side of your slash for the scene, for the relationship? Mm -hmm. And I, we always say other side of the slash because you know we do think in terms of dom and sub. I do wanna just slide in here that switches play on the line of that slash. Like that slash is a jump rope for them. And I think that's cool. So when we say it like that, we don't really mean it's just a binary, but how is it that you wanna play? How are you gonna play? And who is it that you're trying to mm -hmm. talk to, negotiate with, to get that thing that you want, that you're advocating for on your own behalf. The kinky life you want, the the scene you want, the experience you want. Like that. that's, I think the simplest one of, of advocating for yourself. Talk to the right person. <laughs> Talk to the person who's gonna actually help, potentially help this become a reality for you. Mm -hmm. In current existing relationships, the obvious person is the person you're already with. When you're single, it's the next person that you're remotely interested in that you feel okay with. But I know in our situation, one of us is open in reality, one of us is open in theory. Um, we've had the conversation many times, like if back in pre-pandemic days, I'm like, oh, you're going to the dungeon without me. If you wanna do a, a flogging scene with somebody, feel free to negotiate that. Mm -hmm. So at that point, I've. I've given my open consent that go go have a good time. You would then need to advocate for yourself with a completely different person that you might not even have in right. mind yet. So that's how that targeting thing is gonna change from situation to situation mm -hmm. and moment to moment yeah. and be completely dependent on how you have your relationship set up and who you are with and how y'all are. But I think the target your efforts of self-advocation, yeah, talk to the right mm -hmm. person. Because mm -hmm. if you're not talking to the right person, you're definitely not getting what you want. Here's number eight. Yes. Here's what I'll say. Eight, nine, and 10 are the hardest. <laughs> eight is yes. express yourself clearly. Ah, yes. Um, <laughs> and I think I, I think there are times we all struggle with that. Oh, God, yeah. All right? Even, so even myself, I, I can understand, you know, what it what it is, but I can't get the right words out. Kind of like compromise. I mm -hmm. couldn't get, you know, I, I could not get that word out. Um, you know, Early on, you had trouble expressing yourself. Oh, God, yeah. Okay. And one of the things I did with her, because it was it was difficult for her to get the words out. Physically. Speak physically them. get the words out. I had her do it in other ways, whether it was through a blog post, um, whether it was through an email, or, or a private journal mm -hmm. that you kept at the time. You know, I, I had ways for her to express herself. Through doing that, she learned she could trust me enough and be comfortable enough 
that then she could say the words. And for me, it was being afraid of saying them because I'd never expressed myself in that way before. I'd never told somebody what I wanted directly out of a relationship or sexually. Like this mm -hmm. was not in my wheelhouse of experience. But also I, as I ever am, definitely gotten over it a little bit. I'm afraid of misspeaking. It is one of, of mm -hmm. knowing what I mean and the words coming out wrong, says the podcaster, <laughs> streamer. <laughs> I'm still afraid of that. I'm less afraid than I once was for lots and lots of reasons. Immersion really can work. Um, <laughs> and so by being given the opportunity and being told that it is okay, and it was always okay, but sometimes you need somebody else to tell you that it's okay, that it's okay to write something down and that is still effective, mm -hmm. clear communication. And being given the space to take my time with my words, the reason I chose to write was because I can self edit. I could write out the jumbled thoughts and then I could go back through and go, okay, but let me make these make sense. And then I can make sure I wasn't missing things. Like my problem with speaking, I don't know if any of y'all have noticed, is my, Brain moves at one speed, mouth moves at another, and words and thoughts get jumbled and lost. And then I have to backtrack and re-explain. And the mm -hmm. meaning can get lost. And when I write, I have time and I have space and I have a delete button and I can, I can fix it. And so not only did I learn how to be comfortable and trust you yeah. to say the thing I had never said before, I also got better at um, for putting my thoughts together. And then yeah. once I stopped needing the, let me write this down thing, you got to know me enough at that point, cause that's a two way street. Right. It's not just about learning how to communicate with your partner, it's your partner learning your communication style. You know that the first jumble of words to come out of my mouth is not all that I'm thinking. It's just the first wave. <laughs> and so you either know to just take a step back and let me work through it or to ask probing questions to pull out the rest. It's, it's just the first trickles of water from a fire hose. The dam, the dam's about to break. <laughs> so I I think that because when we talk in terms of power exchange, we talk about talking, we talk about communication mm -hmm. and people get sort of tunnel vision of what that means. And it means to sit down and have a verbal conversation. Well, that's laughable to anybody in a long distance relationship because how many verbal conversations do you get over the totality of your communication, yeah. probably not that much. Um, for those of us who struggle to put thoughts into words, that's not even fair to them, to us, to me, I was one of them for a while, to expect that we will sit down across the table and I will magically have all the words. There would, For me, there was always a lot of preparation. There still tends to be a lot of preparation. Mm -hmm. um, and so whatever the means are to express yourself clearly, those are valid means. Now, at the other side of that, the person you're expressing yourself to needs to be able to intake information in that way. And so that is something to consider as well. If you are an extremely fast talker, hi, welcome to my club, uh, and you have a partner who does not process information that fast, you're gonna have to adjust. You're, right. I mean, that's just, Communication isn't just the act of speaking, it's the act of listening. So when we say something, we mm -hmm. need to know it's being received on the other end in order for it to be taken in and for there to be the conversation yeah. about what we're doing. So expressing yourself clearly is, yeah, it, it comes in so many different forms. There's no right. one right way to do that. It's the way that gets the information out in the best way so both partners know what the hell we're talking about here. Yeah, okay. Have I been ranting on every single one of these? 
Mm, I think so. I, I'm close, but maybe. Now, 9 and 10 kind of go together. All right. But we're going to do them separately. Number 9, assert yourself clearly. Yes. Now, in this case, now remember, we're taught we're using a vanilla resource that talks about self-advocacy, usually in times of like strife, like maybe you're dealing with a doctor who's not hearing you. Maybe you're dealing with a bureaucracy that does not give a shit that you're a human being. And so it's a little bit different than when you're talking to hopefully a willing consenting partner for some pleasurable fuckery of some sort. Mm -hmm. So what they say here, assert yourself clearly, don't lose your temper and lash out at the other person. Look. That's just good advice when you're trying to get what you want out of people, yeah. okay? But um, speak out, asking for what you need and want, and then listen. That is also just good life advice. So you don't have, <sighs> let's think about this in different ways. When I say to you, tell me tell me the energy, okay? Okay. When I come to you, and not in my cute submissive way, okay? <laughs> Pretend I'm not being my cute submissive self. And I go, well, I kind of think that maybe if we could later, um, you know, a, a, the word spanking. Does, do you like the word spanking? <laughs> That's one energy <laughs> that I have totally brought to a conversation. You have. You and have. then there's this. When, when you can, could you beat my ass? I would really appreciate that. <laughs> now. Let us be clear. Power exchange is different and every power mm -hmm. exchange is different. So mm -hmm. I know I can use that second tone and he will do what he did and he will chuckle at me. Yeah. I also know that he's a sadist and sometimes the answer is no because that gives him sick, twisted pleasure. Okay. <laughs> Thank God I'm a masochist. And then other times she'll I'll be like, be careful what you ask for. But that's me knowing who I'm talking to. Yeah. And that first tone I used, that first way of asking I used because I didn't yeah. know how to fucking ask for what I wanted. And so I was not, I would usually get it, but what there was a lot of, okay, use your words, baby girl. Okay, right. now what are you asking for? I mean, for? There, there was a time right. in the beginning mm -hmm. we had to have a code because you could not say those words. Uh -huh. you, would have, you would come to me and say, daddy, my skin feels tight. Mm -hmm. And that was the code of please God spank my ass. I can't handle this anymore. These days I'll just go, please yeah. God spank mm -hmm. me. Please, please for the love of all that is kinky and holy, please beat my ass. <laughs> I'm sorry, I've now got it on record. This is me asking, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we so, do have a science experiment we have to do. I know, so. yay. So I, asserting yourself clearly is gonna be different for all of us. Yeah. And sometimes it's going to be in your writing. Maybe you express yourself clearly through writing and that's how you're letting somebody know. The thing I would, I would like to impart to everybody on any side of any slash anywhere is that you do not need to apologize for what you're asking for. No. How many times have we been kind of like a, a little uncertain of what we're asking for? And some of us, not everybody does this, but some of us are like, okay, I'm so sorry I'm asking this and I know this is a little weird. And we start explaining ourselves and justifying ourselves before we've even gotten the ask out because we're mm -hmm. not completely confident in what we're asking for. Either we're not confident in the thing or we're not confident in the reaction we're gonna get. But if this is an ongoing existing power exchange hopefully you've developed some ways of speaking to one another that right. you don't know if they'll say yes or no but you do have an idea of how they'll react if you know how they'll react and it's negative i think we're going to need to reassess a lot more than just advocating for yourself but if you know that it'll probably be okay and you're still like there's some part of you that feels compelled to to state your needs in that way 
that makes me think that there's something going on a little bit more with you and your confidence and what you're asking for. And then at that point I would probably go, okay, go back up to step one and let's, let's work on this because part of it is knowing that you have the right and that you are worthy of asking for the thing you fucking want. Will mm-hmm. you always get it? No, no. <laughs> but you do get to ask for it. And the other person could be like, I hear you, I see you. I uh, honor the fact that you are asking for this hard kinky thing that you don't know how I'm gonna react. I'm not giving it to you, but I respect you for asking it for it. Now, once you get the answer and if the answer is no, then you figure out what you're gonna do next. But you have every right to ask for the thing if it is by your parameters, we would say safe, sane, consensual. But if you're like, okay, this is responsible. I've, I'm educating myself. I'm willing to move slow. I care about consent. I'm allowed to fucking ask for this. And right. so I'm gonna fucking ask for it. Mm-hmm. Assert yourself clearly in whatever way that means for you. Number mm-hmm. 10, <laughs> this is a delicate balance, but I do think it's important. Yeah. <laughs> Number 10 for advocating for yourself, according to this non-kink resource, is be firm and persistent. It says, don't give up, keep after yeah. what you want. Can I say what I think that this is not saying? Okay. I don't think this means, I asked clearly and with confidence for this kink thing from my partner and my partner said no. This does not mean keep asking them until you wear them down. I think this means figure out other ways that you can get the thing when you got a no from the first person you asked. No. I also think it means you struggled to get the kink thing you want because maybe you're in a different place than the partner you're asking, or you weren't as clear as you would have been, you would have liked to have been. And I think that it can mean go back to the drawing board, figure out a way to express yourself more clearly, um, to figure out what it is you, what else it is you want that maybe you mm-hmm. couldn't get that first thing, you can get that second thing. Uh, but I do not think it means badger the other person until they like, like, no, that's, that's not, not gonna, what it means. That's not gonna end well. That is not what it means. Uh, I don't think it means give up on kink forever because the first person you asked said no to no, that No, 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 no. And, and, and something I take from, from this, to the, from the be, be firm and persistent. I mean, one thing I have always told you, especially right from the beginning is, you can ask me anything. You can request anything from me. It's how you do it. Yes. Do it with respect. Right. Okay? And and the other thing is, you know, being firm and, and persistent, you know, if... And, and I use this example because I, I think for me it's the easiest way to, to put this in, into context. You know, from a, a submissive's point of view and I have said this throughout the years over and over again you know you are entitled to get the things that you want and need as well from a DS relationship and and I have people what what, what do you mean by this I you know supposed to serve no you know if if you are giving 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 serving as a submissive and and you know we all have points where the, the the thing I use to is is a well. You know, you give, 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 give until your well is empty. If your well is empty, you cannot. You got nothing left to give. Right. You know, so you need back that which fills your well. Mm-hmm. All right. So that kind of fall. You know, if you're not getting that, you need to be. You know, 
Right. And if what you're advocating for yourself are things you need mm -hmm. as a submissive, as a dominant, as a kingster in a power exchange relationship, and the other person cannot, will not, is not going to give them to you, that does not mean you give up advocating for what you need. It means you're advocating with the wrong person. It means that person cannot give yeah. you what you need. Now, depending on your situation, what does that mean? Does that mean that that relationship is done and it's time for somebody else? Maybe. Does that mean that it's time for creative thinking of what else do you need that this person could provide you, assuming this is a relationship you want to continue? Maybe. There's no single answer, but the purpose of advocating for yourself is recognizing that the things that you decide that you need in order to be healthy, happy, whole, you know, whether that's in kink or in life in general, that those things are important enough to advocate for yourself, you know, on your own behalf for, that's the thing to remember. This person you're talking to, this person that you think could be the one to give you what you need might not be the one. So what do you do next? Well, the answer is not stop advocating for yourself. It might be get creative. It might be advocate for somebody, for something else. It might be advocate to someone else. There's all kinds of options, but it doesn't, if, if you go through all these steps and you go, this is the thing I want. And that person goes, that's lovely. I cannot give it to you. Okay. And then we move on. It's not give it all up completely. It's okay, what do we do next? Let's get creative. Let's look to another person. Let's look within ourselves. You know, what? And I can't give answers on what that is, but mm -hmm. I do, you know, when we, I'm sure in the realm of advocacy outside of the kink conversation we're having, in all those other ways we sometimes have to advocate for ourselves, we all know that sometimes the answer just ends up being no, even if the answer should be yes, even if we are entitled yeah. to a yes. Well, what do we do, right? And that's no different here. Um, the answers can be sometimes a little bit more complicated because sometimes we're advocating for what we want out of kink and a power exchange with a person we've spent a lot of years of our life with. And they might be saying, I hear you, but I can't give you what you need. Or unfortunately, they don't hear you and they can't give you what you need. And then you're faced with, tougher decisions than you thought you might. Like, I know how it is to be like, I have discovered this kink thing. And once you get past, if you have this, I did not, but I know you did. Once you kind of get past the sh any shame you might have over that or any weirdness of what does this mean about me? I was not that person. I was very excited to be like, whoa, good. I make sense now. Once you move over whatever that hurdle is and you're like swimming in the kink knowledge that you find, <laughs> It's super easy to get super excited and think everybody you know who might be open to this with you that you want to experience this with is going to be totally open to it with you. And you can just rush in, advocate for yourself mm -hmm. and get what you want. And it's a little bit crushing. <laughs> you're at the end of it and you're like, oh, you're not excited about this with me? What? I have to, I have to come up with another plan. I have to do this differently than I thought I would have to do. But that doesn't mean that the advocacy was not worth it. Those are skills that transfer to everything. Mm -hmm. If you can mm -hmm. advocate for yourself, to me, what that means is you know how to negotiate on your own behalf. When you know how to mm -hmm. advocate for yourself, you know how to, you are better equipped, let me put it that way, you are better equipped to negotiate a healthy power exchange, whatever it is you want, scene, relationship, whatever. Because that this is what a healthy negotiation looks like. Knowing what you want and don't want, mm. understanding that you, you are entitled to that. Maybe not by the person you're asking for it from, but you deserve that, sure. 
and you're hopefully not ashamed of it, not um, not hiding from it. That is in its own step sometimes to get through in kink. True. Okay, and sometimes you get through it while you're on the way to asking for what you want. <laughs> and sometimes you get through it and then you ask for what you want. Like there's yeah. layers here, but all of those are things that these are all skills that we need in order to form and find the healthy kink life that we want, whatever that looks mm-hmm. like. The thing you have to remember is that if you want it for yourself, you have to honor it for another person. And when they're advocating for themselves, mm-hmm. they get to advocate for themselves. They don't get right. to make demands on you. You don't have to capitulate just because they strongly advocated for themselves. But we need to honor the fact that the other side is saying, but this is what I want and what You need I to respect need. that they, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So. Take a breath. Hey, Nixius in the live chat said it wasn't ranting, it was passion. <laughs> yes, yes. But I keep forgetting to breathe. <laughs> I believe I have said everything I can say on this yeah. for today. Is mm-hmm. there more to say? Of course there is. If the idea of, of thinking about your negotiations and the way you communicate your needs in power exchange as advocating for yourself is weird to you or strange or unheard of, I please look more into advocacy and self-advocacy. I, the, the source I found, I don't know that it's an amazing source. It's just the steps made sense to me. I will link to that in the places if you want to look at that. If anybody knows of somebody in the kink world who has talked about this in depth, please send me a link, mm-hmm. a source, because I, I would love to share it. I'd love yeah. to see it. Maybe I'd love to read it myself. Um, but I think this is, when you're thinking about what you want as a kinkster and how you're going to get it and how you communicate it, I think thinking in terms of advocating for yourself and self-advocacy is a fine way to do it. I think it's probably based on these steps we went through, a very healthy way to do it. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've talked about expectation management before, so keep that in mind, but yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, I can't even nap after that. Okay, so if you don't have anything more you'd like to add, I, I think you've you've summed it up. Uh, okay, yeah. so I think we are going to be done with this topic, and we will have our bonus section because, mm-hmm. of course, we will. Right. Uh that's that's all I got. Okay, so are we good, baby? No, no, I don't know. No, no. Okay. Keep, Keep it kinky, kinky all. y'all, and we'll see you next week. Yes, baby girl. Can I talk to the crickets, please? I'm not even going to give you a hard time about it today. I'm just going to tell you to go ahead and and talk to the crickets. Are you feeling okay? Is everything okay? (laughs) Was I an exceptionally good girl at some point and just wasn't paying attention? (laughs) I mean, it's possible. It's possible. I accidentally... I'm I'm in a generous mood I appreciate it. Thank you so much, Daddy. What is our emoji of the week? Fuck if I know! (laughs) Look, uh, I'm not going to lie to y'all. Y'all were lucky. I even got a a script (laughs) and remembered to make the live stream thing on YouTube a thing. (laughs) So I'm going to look through my emojis real quick. Um, uh, You know what? 
I like, and I don't have any reason for it, we're just gonna go with it. The emoji with the star eyes. The emoji's smiling and the eyes are stars. That is our emoji of the week. Why? I don't know, I just like it and it's what I saw when I looked at my phone. <laughs> now you know how the behind the scenes works around here. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, okay, so I have wanted to do that topic for flipping forever. And I was like, I'm going to write it down and I'm going to do, and then when did I prepare for it? Not in advance, like in advance, but not in advance. And I was like, I hope we can do it justice. Well, apparently I had some thoughts. So, whew, okay. My throat hurts and I feel like I've run a race. So uh, hopefully that was interesting for everybody else. Um, uh, for anybody who's like, what is that jangling in the background? Lola. <laughs> It's now just background noise for all videos we make, all audio we make. We recorded a video today and she was steady going at it, uh, scratching herself. And I was like, okay, <laughs> yeah. who needs uh, background music when you can just have Lola? Mm -hmm. She is doing wonderfully well. She, The neighborhood has fallen in love with her. Mm -hmm. I am neither surprised by that nor happy about it because it means that when we take her out for a walk, nobody ignores us. They all want to say hi to Lola. Yes. Thankfully, they mostly just want to say hi to Lola, but too often than not, they want to talk to us. I am usually out walking her with no bra on, so the girls are just in all directions, flapping in the breeze, wearing my crustiest clothes, barely combed my hair. And I'm like, do I now need to get ready to walk the fucking dog because I will see every fucking body? Is this what this means? Is this my life now? Yeah. What kind of neighborhood have you brought me to that people are just fucking friendly and neighborly? What the hell? What the hell? <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> She's wonderful. Yeah. We are forcing, not forcing, well, not forcing the cats to just, I'm ready for them to, I don't want them to fight it out. I don't want anybody to get hurt. I don't want to trip to the vet. But at this point, I'm like, look, one of you assert fucking dominance and let's move the fuck on. Right. So we just sort of leave doors open now and go, okay, we'll run in if we hear something that sounds painful. Mm -hmm, <laughs> mm -hmm. They're taking swipes at each other. Lola and, not Lola, I'm sorry, Ella and Onyx, just back and forth, back and forth. Yeah. Ella is kind of a bitch to Onyx. Yes. And it makes me mad at her sometimes. I know. <laughs> I know. Oh, God. Yep. Because we got... From, so our one of our neighbors works at like with animals and brought g gave us had an extra like massive like water fountain for pets. Yeah. It's like here, I have more than I need. Take one. We're like, okay. Onyx loves running water, loves drippy running water. Yes. And the first water fountain we got her died. Mm -hmm. Like it just stopped working after. Of course, less than probably a month and a half. But after we tossed the box and the receipt. Of course. Because that's how that goes. So we're like, oh, and this is a big one. So it's going to sit in the kitchen. And you get it going mm -hmm. yesterday. And Onyx comes out because she, she loves running water. She, she heard she it. it. She heard me plug it in and heard the water. She came out of the room immediately and went right to it to check it out. Mm -hmm. And then Ella swiped at her. I was ready to pinch Ella's fucking head. I was like, what are you doing? She came out of her cave-like bedroom. Mm -hmm. Because she was curious enough and was like, I mean, 
Onyx is an extreme introvert and really I feel that like deeply. And she came out of her own volition to and then there was just Ella being a bitch. Well, Ella <laughs> like, was on the other side of the in the dining room and she came running and just like oh no you don't. But apparently Ella finally got on Lola's last night. This one scared me. Yeah. Outwardly, it did not appear like Ella was doing anything. She was staring at Lola, and Lola does not like to be stared at by Ella. We've already established that. And she didn't She didn't, didn't look like Ella actually did. Like, she didn't swipe at Lola. Next thing I know, Lola's got her mean bark on and is going after Ella. And I'm screaming because I know not to put my hand down there, but I'm mm. like, please, Lola, don't eat the 15-year-old's cat. I That's too traumatic for all of us. We put Ella in her room after that. I'm like, you are the troublemaker here. You are the common denominator. Go to your room. Other than that, they're great. It's great. Yeah. It's fine. This is fine. It's, it's fine. Uh, <laughs> it's fine. So that's the... Yeah. Pet update. What mm-hmm. updates do you have? What updates? Um, not much. I mean, I've I've been kind of working this week. You know, doing doing my thing. Um, I'm actually kind of looking forward to tomorrow. Um, you're gonna. I, I've done a lot on getting a good portion of um, my wood supply organized. Mm-hmm and and milled but you you're going to help start helping me tomorrow to get me to the next step yes i am going to be a shop elf tomorrow yep i'm giving up i'm rearranging my schedule i should say Mm -hmm. um and in order to do that because we have things we want to do but you need to get organized first right i i need i i've taken some big steps since the beginning of the year but um, I, I need to take some bigger steps, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know. And yeah, having having a shop elf as an assistant is is will go a long way to that. Y'all, I don't think this is um, this is a surprise to anybody because we've said it often enough. Mm-hmm. But it, my ideal professional life these days is to yeah make podcasts and videos and stuff like mm-hmm. that because I enjoy this. Sure, sure, sure. But it's mostly to be either in this office making stickers are coming, y'all, um, or <laughs> helping you make your weapons of mass destruction, yeah. like if it, or or boxing shipments, like to be in that process of doing that sort of physical, like let me help make the thing and then send the thing out. Let me let me be in that space. Like there's other things I do professionally. I'm a freelance mm-hmm. writer. I have clients that I write for. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. They help pay the pill the pills. Shit. They help pay <laughs> the bills. To buy the pills. And, that <laughs> I, after working with some of them, I'm gonna need some pills. Um and so I don't like I don't want to shit on that at all, but it's like my ideal professional life is to like make the things I care about the most for the people I care about the most mm-hmm. and spend my l- time doing that. So. <sighs> so. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. So. so yeah, I'm gonna be a shop elf on Thursday. And I will probably also be complaining the whole time about how it's hot and I'm sweaty and did I get a splinter? 
but I'll be doing it with love and it'll be great. I have gloves for you to wear. So I that's know. Then my, that's when I get to complain that my hands are sweaty. <laughs> <laughs> my hands are sweaty. Yeah. Um, I don't like this. <laughs> <laughs> what else is going on? Um, we tried to place an, we're back to just, if anybody remembers from the time of the, the move into this house that we're in now and our Ikea order struggles, <laughs> they are less so than they once were. We were able to weirdly order one item online and have it shipped for $10. Just cost $10 to ship it. Yeah. Is that more than what you'd pay on it for on shipping through Amazon? Of course it is. But here's the difference. When I would add a second item to that order, not even a big one, just a second item that we need for the house. The shipping went from $10 to $129. So I went, no, we're not doing that. This one item that we ordered, pay our $10 shipping, is not in stock in any fucking store. It's like, <laughs> at the, whatever the Ikea warehouse, we'll get it in early March, fine. So I'm like, okay, let me go and order the other things which are in stock in all of our Florida stores, and we'll figure out which one we wanna go do a pickup for. Yeah. It'll be a day trip, it'll be fun. So, I go in and I'm like, let me order these items, ta-da. Well, one, they won't let you do an order for pickup. You can only go into their germ-infested store here in Florida where nobody wears masks to buy. And I went, I don't need it that bad. The other items I could, but as of the day of wanting to order it, I could only pick it up within the next 48 hours. I couldn't schedule it a week out or two weeks out or whatever. So now I get to play the Ikea game of, let me go on today, not today that Mm -hmm. we're recording because I know better. But in a few days, let me go on and try to place the order for pickup again. One, right. is it in stock? Two, what days am I allowed to come get it and do those work with mm-hmm. my schedule? We're, yeah, but we we need the organizational stuff. <laughs> so I'm going to play that game again. Yeah, it's... Okay, um, I'm just going to play that game. We, we, we quickly ran out of storage in here with everything that we're, we're trying to do. Yes, but also I'm in a... Weirdly, I usually get like this at the first of the year, and I guess it's the end of February. It's still technically the first of the year. Um, but I didn't this year. Like at, at the holidays, I just didn't care. But usually on the first of the year, I am super like, we have to organize. We, ha- I am the reason all those big box stores have uh, entire sections of their store devoted to storage containers. I'm like, yes. things need to be put away now. Um, and I've, in the office especially, I've, been in that mode like all this stuff is mm-hmm. too much i can't i feel like i can't even function and somehow i think i've convinced myself that if we somehow manage to get this office perfectly organized i will finally be perfectly satisfied and then i can focus and do my work that is not true no but i have convinced myself <laughs> and we're doing it on a budget we're not spending like ridiculous amounts of money for this stuff so yeah uh, it's fine um, but yeah, m- more more storage is needed. <laughs> so, and also one of my storage items is for my quilting stuff. True. Because I am being a, a quilting minimalist. I'm only buying fabric like as I need it for projects. Right. I have one bin that you can put like folded up fabric in and sectioned off and it's basically full. So that means I have to use what I've got before I can buy more because we just... I don't have space to do this. We, I decided that I wanted to do this after we bought this house and I'd already planned out all the space for this house. And so it's like, <laughs> shit, okay, the kitchen table is where I do this. So I'm getting one of those ro- wire 
rolling kitchen carts mm-hmm. and the sewing machine will sit on that and all of my little bins that I've got for my organizational stuff will sit on that and then I can roll it if I need to or whatever but I did sew a quilt top you did for a little teeny you tiny did. baby practice quilt mm-hmm. uh, over the weekend and anybody who's a quilter out there will know what this means I turned it into a quilt sandwich and I pin basted it If you don't know what that means, it's okay. If you do not care, even better. Uh, This coming weekend, I will actually quilt the damn thing. And then I'll give myself a break and I'll work on binding it another weekend. (laughs) And then it will be my very first ever teeny tiny little baby quilt. Mm -hmm. And it will be Mm -hmm. Lola's to just roll around in. Yep. So. Yeah. (sighs) Yeah. So that that is another thing Mm -hmm. that we did. Yep. So. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's, we, we've just been kind of, um, of late, kind of going on, on uh, you know, things as normal. Been spending the evening watching uh, TV. We're in season 10 of Stargate. We've already decided we're going to watch the movies. Yep. And then we're going to watch Stargate Atlantis. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then what are we going to do with our lives after that? I think we decided we're going to watch Star Trek The Next Generation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Who who wants to watch a new show? Not us. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. So, yeah, we're just, like, living our best uh, introvert lives during a pandemic. Yay. Yeah. In a state where if you're rich, you can get a vaccine and mm-hmm. the rest of us just, you know don't i'm not mad at it so tiny t to to answer that question part part of the reason okay uh, what is the question oh okay is is lola a love bug oh my gosh so in in answer to that question um part of the reason i've taken the habit of watching tv in the evening is because it allows me time to sit on the sofa Uh as soon as Lola hears me settling down on the sofa. She is on the run. She jumps up on the sofa and climbs up into my lap and settles down for the evening and gets her cuddles and and loving. And that's pretty much where she stays for the evening um, until I have to move. And then she migrates over to Kayla's lap. She did the best thing last night, though, that she's never done before. Yeah. So we're on the couch. We're watching our shows. She was sitting on your lap. She mm-hmm. was kind of drifting between the two of us on the couch. Yeah. She was on your lap. And the 15-year-old had a driving lesson last night. And so he came home from that. And we're talking to him. And at the same time, the 11-year-old's getting himself ready to go to bed for the night, making his lunch for tomorrow, blah, blah, blah. And yeah. so there's kind of a round table discussion of the four of us around the couch but we're all kind of facing funky ways it's like we're facing the back of the couch Mm -hmm. i'm in the corner just minding my own business lola jumps up she jumps into my lap while i'm basically sitting backwards on the couch because i'm looking over the back of the couch to talk to the kids she gets in my lap puts her nose in the crook of my arm which is in the corner of the Mm -hmm. couch and then just stays there while we talk and then once we dispersed it was time for me to read a chapter of the book I'm reading with the 11 year old. And she stayed in my lap like a little baby while I read. 
and only got up when I was done with that. And I was like, I love you too, Lola. <laughs> and so I think that's a good place to end it on. Yeah. <laughs> Our love for yeah. Lola. Mm-hmm. Um, we will be back next week yes. as usual. Uh, Kinky Book Club video comes out on the Friday that this episode comes out as an actual audio podcast. If you are a subscriber to our newsletter, we will have the link for you. If you're a subscriber to YouTube, hopefully you'll get the notification. Um, but otherwise we'll be back next week for our normal live stream podcast, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. Uh, thank y'all for being here, for listening. Yes. Don't forget, uh, thank you to the Butters Hygienics Company, getthebutters.com for sponsoring. Use code Kayla for f- excuse me, for 15% off. What is talking? What is breathing? I don't know. Uh, And we will see y'all next week. Yeah. Bye. Bye.